0: Welcome to MStar Students. We're glad you are joining for today's message. For more information about the ministry, visit our Instagram page and search MStar Students. Now here's today's message. Hey everyone. Hi. How, how was the food? It's good. It was like the food. Hey, give it up for Tim Landis. He grilled the burgers tonight. So Tim Landis, yeah, give Tim Landis round of applause. <laughs> Mike grilled two. No. I dropped two on the ground. <laughs> Uh, uh, appreciate um, Heidi. We appreciate Heidi bringing the burgers for us and uh, everyone who helped putting this together. Uh, as it was stated, we're celebrating the seniors tonight, Emma, Mackenzie, and Ellie uh, as well down there. So, um, Hannah, I'm sorry, sorry. I knew there was another Ellie here somewhere, so I apologize. Hannah, celebrating Hannah as well. Anyway. So we're going to go into that in a little bit so you guys know. No small groups after this. We're just going to stick around here and celebrate our seniors a little bit. Uh, as the announcement stated, as a reminder, the late night gospel. Who was excited about last week's late night gospel and some of the conversations that we had about repentance? This week, we're talking about heaven. And it, it, there's a lot, and we're really excited, and we hope you can come and uh, learn about heaven the best that we can and have the dialogue about it. So, we hope you can join us. Um, and I also forgot to mention this in the announcement. Well, I forgot to write this in the announcements for them, but i letting everyone know, next Wednesday is August 5th. We are going to be helping out with Mega Sports Camp next week. As, student, as students here, we are going to be serving with the kids' ministry and helping serving with Mega Sports Camp. Uh, more information will come about that. We ask that you be here by 5.45 so you can get dinner and everything before things get started. All right? If you guys can make it. All right? so with that we are going to continue our study in the book of mark and i would say we are about halfway through chapter 8 right now which means in just a couple of weeks we're past the halfway mark of mark wham. i work wham, wham, wham. okay uh, um. so who remembers what what the main point was last week anyone what were some of the things we talked about last week Sydney. Miracles? No, week four. We're actually going to be talking about a miracle tonight, but no one remembers last week. Do we have to go back to last week's teaching? Wait, tell us the verses. Amara? Right, right. We talked about the leaven of the Pharisees. Does anyone remember what the two leavens we specifically talked about? that was rising in the hearts of the Pharisees and the Herodians. Travis? No, no, sorry. The, the two things that Jesus described as leaven that was in their hearts rising and, and telling us that we need to watch out for as well. Madam. Nice, all right, good job, all right. So yes, yeah, so that's what we talked about and making sure that in our own lives, that we don't allow those things to rise up in our hearts, and ultimately it's not about us. It's not about what we want. It's about what we're supposed to do to glorify Christ, to please Him. And so tonight we're going to be taking a look at a miracle. And in these four verses, there's so much about this miracle. And we've seen seen miracles happen throughout this study so far. But I think what's important about this physical miracle we're about to see is the importance of what takes place in our spiritual lives. We're going to talk about the importance of prayer. We're going to see what is called the process of sanctification. And if you don't know that word, we're going to describe that in a little bit. We're going to talk about the blindness of sin. And we're also going to see about the compassion, grace, and justice of God through these verses. So, As always, as I encourage you, if you have a physical Bible or your cell phone, I encourage you to go to your Bible app. We are in Mark chapter 8, and we're starting at verse 22. Mark chapter 8, starting at verse 22. You guys with me? All right, let's begin. And they came to Bethsaida, and some people brought to him a blind man and begged him to touch him. And he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the village. And when he had spit on his eyes and laid his hands on him, he asked him, Do you see anything? I'd be asking, Why did you spit in my face? (laughs) Anyways. (laughs) And he looked up and said, I see people, but they look like trees walking. Then Jesus laid his hands on his eyes again, and he opened his eyes. His sight was restored, and he saw everything clearly. And he sent, he being Jesus, sent him home, sent him to his home saying, do not even enter the village. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for the freedom and the opportunity to be gathered here this evening, Lord God, to, to talk about your word, to go through your word, Lord God. Holy Spirit, I just pray that you use me as a vessel today, as an instrument to speak truth, uh, not just to the students, but to myself, Lord God. And I pray that all of us in here have ears to hear and a heart that is open to uh, receiving your word and your truth tonight, Lord God. And I pray that we can walk away confidently and boldly knowing that you are a gracious and compassionate God, but you are also a perfect and just God, Lord God. And I pray that we have a better sense of what it means to walk away pleasing you and being honoring to you in every day of our life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So, as we see, we see a physical miracle happen here. And as I stated throughout the study, that miracles, when Jesus performs a miracle, that's not the central point of his ministry. He never wants the miracles to be the focal point of his ministry. The point of the miracles are to prove, to show the people that he is who he says he is the Christ the Messiah, the one who came to save the world. And when we hear this, and when we see and read about the miracles, we need to ask ourselves, and we have to make a choice. We're either going to repent, which means to stop rejecting God, and to live a life that is obedient to God, and to live a life that's pleasing to Him, or we're going to reject Him or, and make ourselves enemies of God which James 4, chapter 4, tells us. This miracle of the blind man paints a picture of what God's loving grace and compassion looks like. And based on these verses we just read, we know that a physical healing took place. We know that a man was blind. We know that Jesus came to this man and restored his sight. And the man was able to see. Now, while we are joyful in the miracle... Let us be joyful in the spiritual reminders that I think each of these verses show us and remind us. That if you're proclaiming to be a Christ follower, who's proclaiming? You're saying, I'm a Christ follower. I'm in for Christ. I'm in it. Man, we got some work to do. Okay. Um, everyone. <laughs> if you say, I'm not, no, I'm, no, 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 listen. I'm not here to stretch and pull teeth. If you say, if you proclaim that you're a Christ follower, raise your hand. Yes, I'm a Christ follower. Okay. While we are joyful in the physical healing that we just see, as Christ followers, we need to see the spiritual reminders behind this miracle. So starting at verse 22, we see that some people brought this blind man to Jesus and begged Jesus to heal him. You know what this paints a picture of? Prayer. Prayer. Praying for others. The men who approached Jesus begged for him to heal their friend, and they communicated with Christ. Did you know that you can communicate with God too? Through His Word and through prayer, and you can ask God to heal our fr- We can ask God to heal our friends and our family. And if you don't know what prayer is, prayer is a, is a, in the Christian definition is an offering up of desire unto God for things agreeable to His will in the name of Christ with the confession of our sins and thankful acknowledgement of His mercies. As Christ followers, we are commanded to pray for others and ask God to do a work in their lives. Job chapter 42 tells us that Job prayed for his friends and the Apostle John, in his first letter, encourages us to pray with confidence. If you can, join me in 1 John 5, verse 14. 1 John chapter 5, verse 14, and it reads as follows. And this is the confidence that we have toward Him. That if we ask anything according to His, to his will, He hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request that we have asked for him. The friends of the blind man, look up here, guys, for a second. The friends of the blind man recognized they could not heal him. They could not heal him, and nor could they save him. But Jesus could. They recognize that Jesus could miraculously not just heal him physically, but save him spiritually. If we're proclaiming to be Christ followers, let us remember that it is not us who saves, but it's Christ alone who saves. But we have a role to play. We have a role to play by proclaiming and preaching the gospel, and to also pray for our family, friends, classmates, neighbors, teachers, in this entire world. How many of us in this room have friends, family, neighbors, that we, people that we know who do not know Christ? That, Okay. All of us and us in here. I pray that we have confidence that God can do a mighty work in their lives, not just physically, but spiritually. And that they no longer have to be blind spiritually, but that their sight is restored to knowing who Christ is. That Christ can lead them into a life of repentance. That Christ can do miracles in their life. And this is convicting to me because sometimes I can, I don't know about you, but I can, I can start praying for someone or a situation. And then I feel like, I think I've prayed enough about this. It's been like three days straight. And I've been convicted of that. No, keep seeking, keep going to God, asking, if, if it's His will, God, whatever you can do, please do this. Please allow my family members to know you. Please allow them to no longer be blind by their sin, be blind to the sin that the world is trying to sell us. But God, may they have an earnest desire to know who you are. Is that our prayer life? The blind man's friends begged Jesus. Are we begging Jesus? In verse 23, we read that, the, that Jesus took this blind man by the hand and led him out of the village. And we saw that he spit on his eye and asked him what you see. As, as we talked about in the last one, I think the deaf man, he put his finger in his ear and whatever. said, Jesus does things radically. And, and we look at this, and, and we, in a physical sense, we, we can actually know, we can infer that this man, based off of what we read earlier, that this man could actually see. And then he became blind, and then Jesus was able to, to heal him again. But in a spiritual sense, if we are blind spiritually, what causes people to be blind spiritually? What causes people to be blind spiritually? And it's sin. It's sin. It's sin or the acting of sin, which is uh, an activity that is contrary to God. Another way of saying is that sin is directed against God. Psalm 51.4 reads as follows. Against you, you alone, have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. So that you may be justified in your words and blameless in your judgment. When we sin, we act rebellious towards God. And that sin blinds us and keeps us in the dark. Let me just give you an example here. I can see you guys, sort of. I know you're there. But, if I put my hands here. Come on. I don't know where any of you are right now. Some of you could not be paying attention. Maybe some of you are sleeping. Maybe some of you are like, what is Mike doing? Rachel, don't throw that up, Mike. Who's ever in charge of meme mysteries? Don't put this up there. I couldn't see. I couldn't tell who was doing what, doing what where they were sitting acting in the way they were maybe Rachel was throwing something i don't know tim could have just been trying to trick me maybe, I'm wrong. maybe. Yeah. <laughs> but that's what sin does to us sin blinds us it keeps us in the dark proverbs 4:19 says this the way of the wicked is like deep darkness They do not know over what they stumble. And Jesus talked about the difference between walking in light and walking in darkness in John chapter 11, verses 9 through 10. Are there not 12 hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of this world. But if anyone walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. What Jesus is talking about there is our sins. If we do not have the light of Christ in us, it is the sin that keeps us from stumbling over and over and over again. Some of you right now, you are dealing with some habitual sins that you keep dealing with over and over and over. And the reason is because, number one, you won't even allow Christ to handle that situation. And I say this with love and grace, but maybe you haven't truly committed, maybe you haven't truly been born again to follow Christ. We need to recognize when sin blinds us, it means that we cannot save ourselves. This is why we need Jesus. This is why we need the Savior. Just like Jesus led the blind man out of the village, Jesus alone leads us out of our sins through the works on the cross and our willingness to follow and be obedient to Him daily. Key word there, daily. Daily. There's this thing out there that thinks, I say a prayer once, I've done that, I'm good. No. We have to walk in a life, walk in a life, walk in obedience to Him daily. This is why Jesus says we must be born again. And to be born again spiritually means that we get rid of the old life and we live a new one in Christ Jesus. And just like a newborn baby... In our new spiritual lives, we need a Father who will provide and take care of us daily. You guys tracking with me so far? Okay. Verse 24 and 25, Jesus asks him, Do you see anything? And he, the man looked up and said, I see people, but they look like trees walking. Then Jesus laid his hands on his eyes again, and he opened his eyes. His sight was restored, and he saw everything clearly. I believe this paints a picture of of what I said earlier, this thing called sanctification. This process called sanctification. And sanctification, how many of you have heard of this word before? How many of you have no idea what I'm talking about right now? How many of you are like, I don't really care? Because some of you didn't raise your hands. Sanctification is the process of renewal and consecration by which believers are made holy through the work of the Holy Spirit. Let me read Second Corinthians starting at chapter three, verse sixteen. But when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. And what did we talk about just three weeks ago? What veil what veil is removed? What was that, Ryan? Veil of sin. The veil of sin. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is there is freedom. And we all, with unveiled faces, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. From this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. 2 Corinthians 3, verses 16 through 18. The image that those who are born again, the image that we are to bear is the image of Jesus Christ. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, we are sanctified daily. We go through a process. But you may be asking, what does this image look like? Okay, Mike, great. You're telling us we are to live like Christ. What does this image look like? Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5, and we're going to hang tight there for a little bit. I'm going to start at verse 1. Ephesians 5, verse 1. Therefore, be imitators of God. Who are, you, who are we to be imitators of? Don't be so excited about it. <laughs> who are we to be imitators of? God. All right as beloved children be imitators of god as beloved children and walk in love as christ loved us gave himself up for us a fragrant offering and sacrifice to god but sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you as is proper among saints let there be no filthiness no foolish talk no crude joking which are out of place but instead let there be thanksgiving So instead of crude joking, bad talking, what are we supposed to be doing? Thanksgiving, thank you. For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure, or who is covetous, that is an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ in God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of this, these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not become partners with them, for at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of the light is found in all that is good and right and true, and truly to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. for Christ. We see a lot of things there that the world is trying to push on how we're to live. If we're going to be different, if we're not going to be like the world, if we are going to be imitators of Christ, we are to not get rid of our crude joking, but instead talk with thanksgiving. We are to encourage one another, uplift one another, and give praise to the Lord Jesus Christ. And and let me just clarify, if you are new as a Christ follower, if tonight is, you're saying, tonight is the night, like, I'm all in for Christ for the first time. I want to let you know that a baby just doesn't grow up. We have a few moms in the room. When you gave birth to a child, they didn't just grow up, right? They weren't like, here you go. What did you have to do? You You had to feed them. You had to nourish them. They had to give. They had to get food. And as Christians, as Christ followers, the same things happen. We just don't, born again, oh, we know it all about Christ. No, we have to grow daily. How do we grow daily? The Word of God. The Word of God is how we grow daily. Look up here for a second. I know I get serious. And maybe you get annoyed at the fact that I say, bring your Bibles, open your Bibles, read your Bibles. I don't say this as a religious act, check mark, I've done for the day, I've read my Bible. I say this, if you are proclaiming to be a Christ follower, you need God's word daily. You need his food, you need to know what Christ is saying. You need, we need to grow up. We need to desire what God's word is saying for us. Here's what Second Peter, or I'm sorry, First Peter, chapter two, verses two through three say. Like newborn infants, long for the pure spiritual milk, that by it you may grow up into salvation, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. Now, some people have taken this and said, Oh, well, if you're a new Christian, this this is where you start. This is the verse that they go to wrong. This is for everyone who is saying that they are a Christ follower. All of us should be desiring like a baby desires for milk we should be desiring to be in the word of God. The moment we have tasted and have seen the Lord when we know who Christ is we are like give me more. Give me more. I want to know about His love. I want to know about His grace. I want to know about His perfect justice. I want to know about His holiness. I want to live a life that is pleasing to Him on this earth. But we also have to recognize, as newborn Christians, and just like babies, we move from milk to solid foods. Here's what Hebrews 5, starting at verse 12, says. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, since he is a child. But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment, trained by constant practice to distinguishing good from evil. Therefore, let us leave the elementary doctrine of Christ and go on to maturity, not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God, and of instruction about washing the laying of, on hands, the resurrection of the dead, and the eternal judgment. I think I said earlier that the Apostle Paul wrote this book. We don't actually know who, who wrote the book of Hebrews. Most people think it was Paul, but they're not really sure. But here's my point, what the author is saying here. There's a time we need to grow up. There's a time, there's a season we're, we're going to grow up. And we're going to be celebrating the seniors. And we're excited for the seniors. But they're growing up and they're, they're transitioning into a new season of adulthood. And, and they're going to take on new experiences. They're going to take on new challenges. They're going to take on some new trials. And this is why they're going to, in their new season, they're going to depend on the Lord even more. And some of you in here, you're, you're newer. You're newer. You're, who, where are some of our new sixth graders? Or maybe you've only been here with us for a year in the student ministry. Where are you guys? One? Where's Travis? Travis is in the bathroom. I know Sydney's, sort of newish, right? Okay. You guys went from elementary school or kids ministry, right? And now you're here with student ministry. And maybe some nights you come in and you're like, Ah, oh, I remember talking about that. And maybe there's other nights you're like, I have no idea what Pastor Mike's talking about. That's what happens when we start to grow daily. There are going to be things where we're going to go, huh? What was being talked? And it's going to challenge us to grow, to stretch. How many of you who are a little bit older have ever had to deal with growing pains before? When you're growing? I know I have. They're not fun. Same thing as when we mature in Christ. We're going to have growing pains. We're going to have tough times. And we're going to say, God, I don't like this. I don't like this. But I'm grateful that He grows us up. And you may be asking, well, why do I need to grow up in my faith? Why do I need to grow up in knowing who Christ is? Why do I need to mature? Because if we don't, we get blinded by sin again we get blinded by sin and we get deceived by those who are spreading false teachings second peter chapter 3 verses 14 through 18 encouraging us to grow up therefore beloved since you are waiting for these be diligent to be found by him without spot or blemish and at peace and count the patience of our lord as salvation just as our beloved brother paul also wrote to you according to the wisdom given him as He does in all His letters when He speaks in them of these matters. There are some things in them that are hard to understand, which... Pay attention to this. This is key right here. There are some things in them that are hard to understand, which the ignorant and unstable twist to their own destruction as they do the other Scriptures. You therefore, beloved, knowing this beforehand... Take care that you are not carried away with the error of lawless people and lose your own stability. But grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory both now and the day of eternity. Amen. What is Peter saying? Peter is saying, listen, there are going to be people who do not understand these hard teachings and they are going to twist it to fit their own lifestyle. They're going to try to put God in their own box, but God is an infinite being who cannot be even put in our own box. And people are going to try, and people are going to try to lead people away from who the real Christ is, away from who God truly is. And Peter here is saying, no. When we grow up, we understand, no, that's, that's, that's not the shepherd's voice. That is not what Christ says. This is why we encourage you, be in your word. Finally, verse 26 paints a picture of the judgment of Christ. And he sent him to his home saying, Do not even enter the village. While we see the love and the grace and the compassion of Christ and what he did to this man physically and what he does into our lives spiritually, when we are truly born again and we say, I'm in it for Christ, we need to recognize as well that there is a holy and just God. I think I've said this before, but I'm going to say it again. There, there's, this, there's this idea that people will throw out there and say, there is there, there's no such thing as a too late t- today. Today you can make a change, which is true. You do have time here. But, but we, we use that as an excuse, saying that it's never too late. Oh, it's never too late. It's never too late. I still have time. I still have time. I can wait. I can wait. I can wait. And we talked about this last week in the Gospel message when someone asked, well, can someone truly be saved if they're going to die within two minutes or something, they can. Because we looked at what Christ, what happened to the thief on the cross in Luke. But why would you wait till your final two minutes in life? Why, why would you go your whole entire life blinded by your sin, choosing to, when you've heard the gospel message over and over again, and the Holy Spirit has convicted you, And you choose to reject it. Why would you wait to the final minute? There are some, unfortunately, who do not make the choice. And we need to recognize that just like those who were judged in the days of Noah, we too will be judged when Christ returns. Look up here for a second. If you're professing to be a Christ follower, just get ready for it now. Most people are going to scoff and say, you've been saying Christ." was going to return, and it's been over 2,000 years. Where is your Christ? And they're going to scoff, and they're going to laugh, and they're going to say, He's never coming back. I want you to know He is going to come back. He is going to come back. Hold on to that truth. When you read His words, He tells us what to look for in the signs of knowing that He is coming back Soon, That is why it is more important now that we be in the Gospels. It is more important why we are in our Bibles daily to know who He is and not to listen to the lies of the world, but to understand the truth and the light of the world in Jesus Christ. But we also need to recognize as well and have grace and compassion. This is where we're coming to pray for, for those who are rejecting God, that there will be some who will refuse to acknowledge Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Let me read something from Matthew eleven twenty to 24. Then he began to denounce the cities where most of his mighty works had been done, because they did not repent. Listen to the cities that he says... Woe to. Woe to you, Chorazin. Woe to you, Bethsaida. What's the village of Bethsaida? The village where the blind man was, where Jesus did many miracles. He says, Woe to you, Bethsaida. For if the mighty works done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, Listen, we can be blinded by our sins. Did you know in our human flesh we actually desire our sins? Without Christ, we we love our sins. That should scare us. Because too often we say, oh, we know that person's heart. No, we don't. Actually, we do. It's corrupt. If they don't know Christ, all of us have a corrupted heart. And we need to recognize that God can judge us by giving us over to our sins. I encourage you to read Romans chapter 1, especially verses 24 and 25. When we are blinded to hearing what Christ has to say, when we are blinded to hearing the gospel, when we harden our hearts and say, I refuse to acknowledge it. I refuse to live a life pleasing to God, but I desire to live in my sins, Christ says, okay. You want that? Here you go. And that's our judgment here on earth, even before we leave here on earth. And this is what we see here at the end of verse 26. Jesus performed many miracles to prove that He was the Messiah, to let people know, I am the Messiah you are looking for. But they had a wrong concept of Messiah. They didn't like the idea of what Jesus said of him being Messiah. They had their own Messiah in hand. And they wouldn't acknowledge. They wouldn't repent. And Christ gave them over to their sin by telling this man not to exclaim in the village what had happened. I'm going to close with this. Believe it, it's the leaders' prayers. It's my prayer that all of us in here do not stay blinded like the villagers did. We don't want to stay blinded like the villagers did, but we want to be able to see like the man. We want to recognize the Christ. We want to recognize the light, the true light of the world, Jesus Christ. We want to live a life. We want to see you live a life for Christ. We no longer want to see you walk in blind darkness of sin. We no longer want you to be held down by the bondage of your sin We want you to enjoy the freedom in Christ Jesus. Let me close with this by reading the lyrics of a worship song. Yes, reading. I am not singing. <laughs> Sorry to disappoint you. But here's what I want you to do. If you choose to. You don't have to, but if you choose to. This is what, I, this is what I'm encouraging you to do. I encourage you just to close your eyes as I'm reading through this worship song, this hymn. And just have a sober mind to listen to what the writer is saying in in this song. Especially regarding the grace and the compassion of our Lord Jesus Christ. And how He removes the sin that blinds us so that we can truly see. Here it goes, and some of you may know this know this song. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now am found. Was blind, but now I see. T'was grace that taught my heart to fear, and grace my fears relieved. How precious did that grace appear, The hour I first believed. Through many dangers, toils and snares, I have already come. Tis grace hath hath brought me safe thus far, and grace will lead me home. Lord has promised good to me. His word my hope secures. He will my shield and portion be, as long as life endures. Yet when this flesh and heart shall fail, and mortal life shall cease, I shall possess within the veil a life of joy and peace. The earth shall soon dissolve like snow, and the sun forbear to shine. But God who called me here below will be forever mine. When we've been there ten thousand years, bright shining as the sun, We've no less days to sing God's praise than we when we'd first begun. Father God, I thank you for this evening, Lord. God, I thank you through these scriptures that we can see a picture spiritually as Christ's followers, the importance of prayer. We can see the process of sanctification and how you renew us Daily, when we walk in obedience to you, Lord God. Thank you for reminding us that sin does blindness, that sin is what causes us to walk in darkness. It's not you who causes us to walk in darkness, but it's our desire to sin that does. God, while we learn that you are a loving and compassionate and gracious God who is willing to, to come and take us out of, a, out of a situation where our sins just eat us up and keep us blind, you're willing to walk us out of the darkness and bring us into the light, Lord God. We also recognize that you are a just God. That there is, there is a punishment for those who do not repent. And walk in repentance, Lord God. God, have have mercy on on me at times for for just wanting to go through the motions as a Christ father. God, I I pray that we just don't go through the motions on a Wednesday or on a Sunday or any given day. Father God, I pray that we truly have a hunger and a desire and a love for You. That we want You more, God. That we cry like babies cry for milk. That we cry for You and Your Word and and Your food. And that You give us the strength that we need to walk daily for You. God, if there's people in here tonight who, who need Your strength, God... I pray that they seek You now. I pray that they come to You. I pray that they don't try to do this on their own, but they they truly know that they have a Savior that can walk them through this situation. Father God, may we know that we know in our hearts and in our mind as we grow into the knowledge and the grace of Christ that You are our Lord and Savior. And that you truly love us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. We hope you're encouraged and equipped by this message. For more messages like these, download the Spotify app and search MSTAR Students Ministry. Have a great week and we hope you join us again.